0: You're listening to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you guys are having the best week so far. Today's episode, we are going to be doing a little Q&A. You guys asked me a bunch of questions on Instagram. Some very personal, I must say. Um, You guys really didn't hold back. So thank you so much for that. was so excited to receive some of these questions. I was like, all right. I did say I was going to answer all of them. So I have done this to myself. Anyways, it's going to be great. It's going to be lots of fun. You're going to get lots of little stories. Um, and there's a whole section where it's purely advice. So your situations, and then I'm going to give my advice on them. So it's going to be fun. Lots of lots of fun. If you guys don't already follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you listen, do that. If you like this podcast. That would be awesome. And also, thank you so much for sharing on your stories and being in the Facebook group and being a fun little community. You guys are amazing and love you. So let's get into today's episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now I want to say a little disclaimer here, okay, if my voice sounds a bit rugged. Um, yesterday I taught five Pilates classes back to back and then that was like after a night out of just drinking, which I'm also going to tell you that story in a second. Holy shit, guys, this was this was one for the books, okay? Uh, and, and not a good way. So anyway, you'll see um anyway so that was after like a night of going out and then um have just had so much like so much going on this week so much like um so very emotionally draining just a lot of things happening um like good and bad like very good and very bad and so I feel like things have just been very like all over the place and hectic but that's okay because um What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I taught Pilates. And then the next day, I also taught. And then today, I woke up at like five and taught Pilates. So it's just been, it's just been, she's busy. She's been busy. Um, So that's why I maybe sound like I'm dying, but I'm actually not. Um, Emotionally, now I'm feeling great. Um, and I'm actually in a great mood. So that's that's good vibes. Um, actually, someone asked a question that we're going to, for some reason, skip to right now because my brain is uh, not clear. Uh, um, someone asked me, what did you dream about last night? Which I thought was so funny and very personal, but I like that. Um, and you know what actually happened was I went to sleep last night way too late, like probably like 11.30, which is late when you have to wake up at five. You know what I mean? It's not that it's late in general, uh, but one day a week I have to wake up at 5 a.m. So at least one day a week, I'm like, okay, go to bed by like 10 latest. And I didn't do that. And I, my dumbass, set an alarm for 5.30 Um, I leave at 5.30. So (laughs) what, babe? What do you mean? I was supposed to do it for five. Anyways, my body naturally woke me up at 5.20 somehow. And you know why I woke up? Because the dream I was having, you know, those like anxiety dreams that you have, and they're not necessarily like even about negative topics. It's just weird. It's just fucking weird. So I had like an image of a woman holding up two glasses to me and they were filled with like different liquids or something. And she was like, just one, pick one, pick one. You have to pick one. And it was the weirdest thing. And I like woke up like like what just happened and it was super fucked and then I looked at the time and I was like oh sick I have to leave in ten minutes that's so good for me I love that um, so yeah just hectic man just not not a vibe not a vibe but um, I'm chilling for the next few days gonna catch up on all my content things and do all the things so it's gonna be great it's gonna be great and I thought. What's going to make this week amazing and fun? Doing a Q&A. Because Q&As are fun because you guys get to hear unhinged shit from me, um, which you always seem to like. And I, I thank you. Thank you for enjoying that because um, I love sharing about things. So thanks. Um, and it's going to be fun. Uh, I reckon we just get right into the questionies. Um, I will say I received one question many a times. <laughs> many a times. And... Unfortunately, because the question that I was asked many times um, includes somebody in my life, it would not be fair or respectful for me to share about that topic necessarily. So I have to unfortunately not answer that question. But if you, if you little sneaky, little nosy wants to know, (laughs) the answer is everything's great and yes and also it's chill and if you don't know what I'm talking about right now then fuck sick that's sick move on all right we're just gonna move on all right question number one that's not that question <laughs> all right we're gonna gonna start with like relationship vibes I feel like that's that's a good way to start someone asked if I'm single and I will say mm, no Next question. Someone said, have you ever thought about being bi? I thought that was so funny because I am bi. And it's like, and the only reason it's funny to me is not because I'm like, how can you not know that? It's like, it's in my like bio and like, it's like what I focus so much of like my stuff on. So I'm like, I don't know. I just thought it was really, really funny. Anyways. Yes. I have thought about being bi a lot. Um, and if you want to hear anything about it, just go look at anything I post because I'm aggressive about it because I love it. And it's very important. And it's like my favorite topic and awareness, queer joy, you know? Yay. Next question. Have you ever cheated? And then they said, (laughs) this is what got me. They said, you got to be honest, LOL. (laughs) As if I had Also, if I had, do you think that I would answer the question? I reckon I would probably just skip over it and be smart. But no, I have not cheated. I've never cheated. I don't know. I... I have always had a really strong like stance on this where I just think it is, it's like one of the worst things you can do. And I think maybe growing up in like a society where women are constantly told that their husbands are going to cheat on them because they just can't control themselves. And men are just so sexual they can't control themselves, you know. And sometimes it's just going to happen and that's why you need to make sure that you keep your man satisfied and all that bullshit that women are taught about sex and long relationships and all that and the way it's presented so much in, like, media and movies and whatever, I think a lot of women have, like, this idea in their head that, like, it's just inevitable that a man is going to do it to them. And that can track back to potentially that happening in their families growing up or even just in a past relationship. Like, yes, I think a lot of it is rooted in reality, but a lot of it is also just rooted in, like, our programming and, like, a non- um, like weird way. (laughs) Like, I think it really comes from us hearing that a lot. So I don't know. I've always just seen it as a really, really bad thing. And I guess then I would naturally just hold myself to the same standard. And also, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't be able to. I don't know. I just wouldn't be able. I wouldn't think to. It wouldn't be like, oh, this is like something I really want to do, but I'm not going to. (laughs) Like, no, I would never do that. Um, I've just, at least now, and I guess always, I've always had relationships where I've been able to be, very like able to communicate well like not not necessarily always well but I would always be honest and I think honesty for me is like a huge value in relationships and trust is a huge value in relationships and if I'm not getting that from the other person I will end that relationship very quickly because I cannot be in a situation with someone where I don't trust them and so I just anyways I wouldn't do it on the other side so there you go next question Someone says, um, how many people make up your family and where do you lie in this sibling setup? So my family, like my obviously closest, my close, close, close family is my parents, my mother and my father. They are beautiful people. We love them. My mom is so funny. Her name is Deirdre we love Deirdre. Oh my God. She's, she's wild. That woman. I actually would love to interview her for the podcast one day. I thought about this the other day and I was like, that would be funny. You guys would lose your shit. Like she's hilarious. So if you want to hear that, please like DM me and let me know. I'll like dead ass one person could. And I'd be like, yeah, cool. They're going to love it. <laughs> so I'm probably going to do it anyways, but also please encourage me. Um, so there's my mom, my dad, he's also a very fun and funny and just a character like that's the only way i can describe it i mean, he's like a, literally a character and he's funny um and then i have a sister she's three years older than me her name is jessica um and she like lives in canada with my family and everything and so all my family is in canada and i am it's just that's it that's the it's the three of them and then me i came three years later in the year 2000 uh so yeah That's, that's my little family. And then extended family is like, my dad has a sister and then I have some cousins from that side. And then my mom has a bunch of siblings, like, like they're, her parents separated. So then they got remarried. So there's like literally like eight ish or something, like maybe not eight. Uh, What would it be? Probably about six, six aunts slash uncles. And then there's like a bunch of cousins there too. So I actually have a pretty big like extended family. Um. I had a good, good like, relationship with my family kind of throughout my life. Um, obviously, every family has their, their shit, you know, uh, and goes th- through different seasons and whatever. But generally, like, yeah, pretty good vibes. Pretty good vibes. All right, next question. So, <laughs> this one's funny. Someone said, hottest sport, question mark, and then, like, the hot emoji. <laughs> I was like – and by hot, I don't mean fire. I mean, like, the sweating one. <laughs> um, uh, this is – look – I don't know what makes a sport hot. I don't really know how to respond to this. Like, to be honest, I don't really, I don't really end up being into guys who are like very sporty because I've done that before, and I just, I don't know. It's just not my vibe. It's just really not my vibe. Um, I just, I don't end up around those kinds of people. It's, I have very little interest in sports, uh, to be honest. Um, a hot sport would be mm, nah not gonna say it all right no I don't know I don't know I don't know that's it that's it that's all I know maybe like swimming. <laughs> Or something. Because it's, like, wet. I don't know. Okay, next question. Uh, Oh, this one's funny. Do you ever get a crush on your Pilates pupils? And also, my dumbass, when I first read this question, had to Google what pupils meant. Because I was like, isn't that, like, your eyes? Like, what the fuck? Anyways, turns out that that is a word for people that you might teach. And it said something, something in relationship to a teacher. And I was like, oh, okay. okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, Out of um, being professional... I am going to say no. (laughs) All right. All right. Next question. Someone said the weirdest place you've ever gone to the bathroom. Holy shit, you guys. Come on, come on, come on. Actually, this is a funny story. Okay, I will tell the story. Fine, fine, fine. Okay? Ah, Don't harass me. He dragged it out of me. Uh, So I used to have these two friends when I was in grade eight, eight, I think. Yeah, in grade eight. So I would have been like, 15 or something and we were crazy the three of us oh my god i drank when i was really young like probably started drinking when i was around that age maybe like yeah about around that age um and yes probably about 15 and we used to like get these little, by little, I mean, like, the mid-sized bottles of, like, vodka, and then we'd, like, take to a little party, and we'd, like, split it, and we used to just go crazy. We, like, had this, like, we had, like, a hot girl summer, but, like, I mean, we're really young, so that sounds weird to say now that I'm an adult woman, but at the time, we thought we were, like, so hot and, like, crazy, and, like, we were kind of in, like, our Lana Del Rey phase, but, like, more, like, money, power, glory, Lana Del Rey and, like, like, West Coast vibes, more like not like summertime sadness. Do you know what I mean? So we were in like that Lana Del Rey phase and it was just a time and a half, like whole life romanticized, like that age. Oh my God. Anyways, we all went to this beach one day and we are walking up and down and at this little beach near my house, there was like this tree swing thing. So we'd always go to this tree swing and we'd kind of like camp out in that little area. And like, you know, you're that age, so like, you don't really have anywhere to go. You know, so you just kind of, like, poke around your neighborhood. Anyways, we were there, and we, like, brought some vodka because we thought we were so cool. And we're, like, laying on blankets and, like, twirling our hairs and doing girl shit, you know? (laughs) girl shit. Um, And... One of us at one point was like, oh my God, like, bro, 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 like I have to shit. I have to shit. And yes, this is a shitting story. So there you go. Um, she's like, I have to shit, I have to shit. And then the other girl's like, oh my god, me too, same. And then I was like, oh my God, same. So the three of us had to shit so bad. And we were like, guys, what are we gonna do? Because I told you, like, we're kind of on like a beach thing, like to go back to one of our houses, it would have been like, I don't know, maybe a 30-minute walk or something. We would have been like ending our day. So we're like, fuck, we don't wanna do that. What are we gonna do? So we all said, since we all want to do this so bad, we all need to shit so bad, and all of us would have to do it together. <laughs> not like that. What do, you... not that it would be like that. What? Okay. Um. Okay. We're going back. We're going back. It's fine. We're going back to the story. Anyways, we said, if one, if we all shit in the forest, then like no one's going to know. It was like this forest kind of like behind the beach, like it was like a tree area. Okay. Um, anyways, so three of us, like, all found separate spots where we could, like, still not see each other, but like hear each other. Like, we were like pretty spread out, actually, which is so dramatic and so funny. And we all, like, we were like yelling back and forth, being like, Did you find a log? Did you find a log? Like, to sit on. I don't know. Oh my God. Why am I telling you this? Anyways. Uh, and then we used like leaves. And then we went in the ocean and then we like washed up. And it was like the funniest thing in the world. It was the funniest thing in the world because we made this like journal the whole summer. And we, like, wrote, a, like, a little story about it and stuff and, like, put it in the journal and, like, all put, like, a little kissy face on it. Like, a little, like, we, like, put lipstick on our lips and, like, kissed the page. Like, it was, like, we were the, f- we were weird. We were fucking weird. We did the craziest, stupidest shit. And, honestly, I kind of missed that time in my life. That was fun. Anyways, don't do that. That's probably illegal and also dangerous um, and, like, just gross. So don't do that. But pff, I did. Next question. Does body count matter to you? Um, no, it doesn't. I mean, I think it's it kind of can go both ways. Like, if someone hasn't had a lot of experience, then it can be really exciting to, like, have that experience with them. And I think, like, even not – I don't mean in the sense of, like, them never having sex before. I kind of mean more, like, them – not having experiences with certain things because it can be fun to like explore that with them. And like, maybe it's the first time for you too. Like, I think that's a part of it. Um, but then also on the flip side, if it's someone who's had like quite a lot of experience, it can be interesting because they could like teach you some things, you know, or they could... I don't know, maybe they're going to be more like comfortable sexually. And so they're going to be able to kind of make you feel more comfortable because they're going to be more confident. Like, I think there's two sides to it and kind of like pros to both. Um... I was I was going to say cons to both. I don't think there's cons to either. I guess, like, practically the con to being with someone who hasn't been with a lot of people is, like, um, maybe just that you would feel like you have to kind of teach them things or take them along the way, and that can feel like a lot of pressure for someone who's, like, not extroverted or whatever. I guess that could be an issue, you know? Um, and then the problem with someone who they've been with a lot of people, I guess would be, I don't know, like, as long as they have safe sex practices, you know, and they're, like getting checked regularly, like regularly for STIs and like you know that those were all like consensual experiences, like things like that. Maybe I guess that would be one. Um, but I don't, in no way do I want to shame someone who has had a lot of experiences because there's so much value to that. And, um, you know, the assumption that someone who has a lot of experiences will have an STI is a huge, like, I guess, stereotype and something that we really don't want to, like, promote. So I'm not saying that. Um, but I think as long as, like, as you would with any partner, you're making sure that everything is safe and consensual and you're practicing good, safe sex, then I think it's great. I think it's great either way. No, it doesn't bother me or I wouldn't even wouldn't even really think about it. I wouldn't, I don't know, I wouldn't really ask it. If it came up, I'd be like, yeah, sure, let's talk about it. Um, but I wouldn't ask it or, or need to know that information. Um in a relationship, I don't think. Anyways, next question. Someone said <laughs> someone said favorite position? Question mark, winky face, star face. LOL, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Favorite position. Ooh. Oh, there I was going to say there's so many that you yikes. Um, I think like I think ah, uh, this is I don't know if I should actually answer this. I feel like this is borderline not meant to be on the internet. Um, I reckon like anything where I'm like on my stomach. I think it's comfortable for me. Also, I would say, you know what actually is a good response to this, which is also true, is something where I am able to either give myself or let my partner give me clitoral stimulation. Because with certain positions, um, I find even like missionary, it's actually it can be hard, at least for you as the person, as in you're on your back, if you're in missionary, obviously, um, is that it can be hard for you to like access your clitoris. Like it can be like a bit of a weird reach um, unless your partner's doing it. Um, And even that can be a lot for them. I think that it can be better in other positions, like kind of like a sideline situation or even like propped up or even like a, mm, let's use a Pilates term, a four point kneel. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So maybe if it's that, um, I feel like anything like that is easier. And then that's, I think that's part of the reason why I don't love being on top is because you can't do that as much. But then obviously there's like pros to that as well. And that's always still a good time. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think there's lots. I think what's fun is like playing around and trying new things and even like different, being in different spaces where you can have different, um, I guess like heights and like levels of where your bodies are positioned. I think it can really change things up and make things like really exciting. So I love that. Anyways, (laughs) next question. Let's. Oh, my God, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm literally just reading through these one at a time. And also, there's like 40. So it's okay. We're going to get through them. You guys sent a lot of questions. Thank you for doing this, by the way. Uh, This episode would not be possible without you. So thank you. Uh, Biggest regret. Ooh. Whoa. I, I am really not someone who has much weight in my past. Like, I... Not in the sense of I haven't done anything wrong. I mean, like, I don't see my past as having any kind of really strong weight to, with when it comes to anything. Because I feel like you get to where you are based off of all those little things. And so part of me, to respond to, you know, what my biggest regret is, it would be like, oh, that I didn't leave, um, like, the church sooner. Or I didn't come to terms with my sexuality sooner. Or... I don't know that I I didn't do something sooner because I now see how much it helped me or healed me or provided for me or whatever. But I don't know if I would be doing what I'm doing right now if I didn't have those experiences. And so I don't know. Like obviously for example, if I left the church sooner at home, I wouldn't have come to Australia and then I wouldn't have met Sam and I wouldn't have, you know, I would not be doing I I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine if that happened. So I don't know. I don't have any like giant, giant regrets or anything. I really think that over time if, if you are someone who has a really big regret that you probably should be working on that and like you know going to a counselor and like working through healing from uh, shame I guess you know so I don't I'm sorry I don't have an answer for that one and I feel like that was a cop-out but I didn't mean for it to be it's just you know that's genuine that's how I feel next question well, oh what did you dream about last night remember when we answered that that was crazy uh would you only oh, would you ever do an only fans guys I can't read um No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, I, I would totally respect people who do it. I think that's sick. Um, you know, if that's what like you want to be doing and like you're excited about it and it's fun for you and it's not something that you feel like you have to do or whatever, I, you know what I mean? If you are comfortable, comfortable doing it and you want to do it, then fucking do it. That's sick. I think that's awesome. Um, and, I mean, I honestly don't know too much about OnlyFans in general as, like, a website and whatever. I don't know how they are when it comes to, like, regulating the platform. I have no idea. So I don't want to be like, I'm an advocate. Go sign up for OnlyFans because I'm very particular with which porn sites and, um, you know, or, like, sexually explicit sites I promote or stand by. There's one called Afterglow that I've actually worked with and not not personally, as in I've promoted their platform. I should point that out on TikTok. Um, And they are really great because it's like ethical porn. And so it's women owned. um, It's like LGBTQ inclusive. It is just real, they talk about consent. There's something called porn on it where they show you how to do things sexually, which is really interesting. It'll be like, how to squirt? And then it's like a woman being like, this is how I make myself squirt. And she like explains it as she does it. So it's like one of those really interesting things. um, And I think they're amazing. Um, But something like one of the bigger sites, um, I don't know how they regulate it. And I think that's really important in the conversation. I'm definitely an advocate for ethical porn, um, with like regular use and healthy boundaries and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I'm definitely not all for the whole industry as a whole. Cause obviously we know there's a lot of, um, pain in that industry. So anyways, no, <laughs> personally, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't, I just I don't have any like I'm I'm only doing things that I'm like passionate about like I'm only I'm only saying yes to things that are like a hell yes that's my life right now and that's where I'm at and um, definitely am not a hell yes to OnlyFans and that's just me. Next question. Do your tattoos have meaning? And if yes, what's that? Oh my God, this is so funny. I keep getting comments on TikTok being like, do a tattoo tour, do a tattoo tour. And I feel so lame because like I I don't even have that many tattoos. And I'm like, ew, this is so cringe. Like, thank you so much because that boosted my ego. But also I don't want to do that. But I'll tell you guys. So I have a big flower garden or something on my shoulder. um, And it's my sister's birth flower, actually. So I got that about four months before I moved to Australia. So that's like four about four years ago now. Um, yeah. So that was, a that was my biggest one. That, that is my biggest one. And that was a huge decision for me to get. Um, and I love it. I still love it actually. It's like one of those things that it's just a part of me and I don't really notice it anymore, but there you go. There's that one. Um, I have, what do I have beneath that? Oh, I have these cherries that I got when I was in Canada a few months ago. Um, got this in Toronto. Actually, did I? Yeah, I did. I got it in Toronto. Um, and that's because my mom and I went like and bought some cherries at this like farm on the side of the street the day before. And I was like, I want to get a cute tattoo to remember being here and being with my mom because I love my mom and I miss her so much. (laughs) So I got that one. I have one on my bag. This is actually kind of embarrassing. I have one on my bag that says, um, um, resilience. Yep just the word, just the word resilience. Um, and I got that after I went through a really bad breakup when I was like 18 or or maybe I was like 17 or something. And it's so big. It's so not, it's not really that big. It's like, Hmm, how big, how big can I explain this as? This is a weird, um, comparison, but actually no. Yeah. This is a weird comparison. You know, those like erasers that you can get the pink ones like the long ones like the typical like school ones picture two of those it's like about that size so that's pretty it's still pretty big it's still pretty big um yeah so anyway that's a bit embarrassing but that's fine and then on the back of my left arm I have the solar system which was my first real tattoo that I got like in a shop and I thought it was really cool at the time because I went to the observatory in California and it was this like it's this, like, thing where you go out and you can see the stars, and it's this beautiful kind of, like, museum-looking thing where they show you what um, is going on in the sky above you, and it's this really cool, like, it's a very, very popular spot um, in California. And, um, yeah, I went to that, and I was just so mesmerized by, like, the universe and the stars and the galaxies, and I just got so inspired. Anyway, so I came home from that trip, and I was like, I need to get the universe, the solar system tattooed on me. Um, and so I went and got, like, a pinterest tattoo of the solar system, and like thought it was really deep. So anyways, and then my tattoo on the front of my arm says, <laughs> it says faith because it's the first tattoo I ever got. And you know, what I said, I said, I want to get this tattoo. So I always remember to keep my faith with me. Yeah. Yeah. How's that going, bitch? Not good. <laughs> Not good. Um, but it's in Braille, which is so funny because the whole whole point like it's almost offensive braille is obviously for people who cannot see um and it's a tattoo so you can't feel it and so it's not any text like I don't know why my dumb ass was like let's think outside of the box let's get a braille tattoo who the fuck do I think I am holy shit anyways and the best part about this story is that at the time I was 14 and I was dating a guy who was 18 lol and also finished high school and I was in grade nine lol that was bad um anyways not on my part on his part bitch ass um but anyways he gave me that tattoo as a stick and poke and I was laying on his bed and like my sister and her boyfriend were like there and it was funny because they were like best friends so my sister and I were dating these best friends except they were my sister's age right because like they were a few years older and then he was even older than my sister and her boyfriend. Anyways, very specific details. I'm not sure why I'm giving all these details. Um, but yeah, so that's also, that's one, that one's really funny. That one's just funny to me. I love that. I like, I don't want to cover it up. I thought about covering it up. Maybe if I have a bunch of tattoos eventually I will just to make it all look better together. Uh, but I just think it's so funny right now. (laughs) So there you go. Is that it? Oh, I have 19, 80, 70, not 80, 1970 on the back of my ankle because it's my parents' birth year. Fun fact, they actually were born the same year and like only like a month apart, I think. And they- Started dating in grade seven and dated in grade seven. So they are like, what, 14? Dated for grade seven, eight, went to high school, broke up. My dad was like known as being like not cool. And my mom was kind of like more cool. And one of her friends was like, if you don't break up with your not cool boyfriend, then I'm not going to be friends with you. And... Anyways, I think they broke up anyways because it just wasn't like working or something. But then my mom decided to get back with my dad and she lost her friend over this because her friend dead ass said, I don't want to hang out with your bitch ass boyfriend. And so my mom (laughs) lost her like best friend because my dad wasn't cool. Anyways, Jason's fucking sick. How dare you? Anyways, we are very happy that they are still together and they got back together And uh, they got married after high school. Isn't that so cute? Like, they've been together for, since they were, like, 14. Like, I mean, kind of, you know? But, like, mostly. Whoa. Anyways. So, yeah. Um, What was the question? Hello? Oh, tattoos. Tattoos. Okay, that's it. That's all my tattoos. Thank you so much. I'm getting a tattoo next month also of, like, a fairy kind of thing on my back of my arm. It sounds weird, but it's going to be cool. Trust. Trust. You'll see it. All right, moving forward. Your favorite part of your body. Ooh. You know what? I actually did this recently. I sat down and I was doing like a little like positivity journal, and it was like like list your five favorite things about your character, and then five different things about your body, and five different things about your lifestyle or your relationships. And it was like just to you know create gratitude and all that. And I found this really hard. I was like, wow, this is this shouldn't be this hard. It makes me sad that this is like a hard thing to ask myself. Um, I think my favorite thing is maybe this sounds weird, but like maybe like my, this isn't my body, is it? I was going to say my face because I like that I make funny faces and I like that I can express with my face. My body to me is so like, I would never be like, oh, my ass (laughs) or like my arms. I don't know. I don't have a specific like Body part that I like, but I generally like my body. I actually have a really great relationship with my body, and I, I didn't for a lot many years. I had an eating disorder when I was younger. I had to go to an anorexia clinic. It was horrible. It was horrible. I had a horrible experience. Um, and now I've actually really healed that relationship with my body. It's quite crazy. Like, you know, I'm very happy with my body, and. it, I don't ever at this point exercise to look a certain way. Like I might be looking at myself in the mirror and I'm exercising going, oh my God, I look so strong. Or like, oh my God, I can see like the vein in my arm. Holy shit, like cringe. But okay, I'm a Pilates instructor. All right, get over it. Um, anyways, I might have that. Um, but I, I'm never like, oh, I need to go to a class today because I'm starting to look a bit... Puffier or whatever. I think just when I started like syncing my um, cycle and understanding my hormones and why my body changes throughout the month and throughout the day, and I when, once I started to become actually knowledgeable on how my body works, it just had made me accept my body so much. And now I'm never catching myself like looking down and thinking like, oh, I shouldn't be sitting this way, or oh, I look fat right now. Like I, I but I used to so 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 bad. So if you guys ever want me to talk more about that, I'm so happy to do so. Um, because I know it can be triggering for some people, which is kind of why I avoid the topic. Not like not avoid, but I just don't really talk about it on the podcast. But if you guys want to talk about that, I'm so happy to talk about that because that's been a huge journey for me. And I, I have actually really come out the other side. And everyone has their days. But um, yeah, I really am like past that, which is really, really great. All right, we're going to move forward. We're going to move quicker. That's what we are going to do. We're going to move quicker. Next question, top three countries you want to visit. Right now, America as they call it in Australia, Um, the US, as they call it in Canada, because I want to go to California again, because Sam's never been to California. And there's a lot of places I would want to go revisit because I've been three times. Yeah, three times. And so there's a lot of places I'd want to revisit and like show him and whatever. And I think I might be going in June with my parents and Sam. I think we made a little plan. We're trying to figure that out. And obviously, you know, prepare for it and all that. So we might do that. I think that's going to be fun. That, and then obviously, so I've never been to Europe. I've never, ever, ever been to Europe. So, so much. There's just obviously so much there that I want to see. I would love to go to Greece. I feel like Greece is kind of like my dream holiday or has been for a long time for some reason. Um, So there. And I would love to go somewhere in South America, like Brazil. just kind of explore that part of the world. Um, a lot of these places, if I did it, it would be like a trip and there'd be like so many places that we'd go. So it wouldn't ever just be like, we're going to go just to France. Like obviously we would go and see a bunch of stuff. So yeah, I think that's it right now. What was the hardest thing you've had to come to terms with? Um, I think, oh my God, so many things. So many things like moving to another country and coming to terms with the fact that I was, I'm choosing to not live my life with my family that I had for my whole life. Like, choosing to re... Coming to terms with the fact that I actually had to rebuild my whole life was actually a lot for me. And it's all a choice. I'm not, you know, saying I (laughs) regret it, obviously not, um, or that I'm ungrateful. I'm extremely fucking privileged to be in the situation that I'm in, and I recognize that, you know. Um, But, like... It's a weird thing when you think you're going to go away for a year and then suddenly it's like, oh, I might not see my mom like even close to how much I thought I was going to see her for potentially the rest of my life. That's crazy. Um, Or just that feeling of unfamiliarity. I think that was a thing, big thing for me. Um, Another thing to come to terms with was everything around sex and sexuality that I struggled with my whole life, all the shame and everything, the resentment I felt towards men and all of these things that I had, um, mostly from growing up in the church, that was a big part of my whole kind of journey to where I am now. Um, (laughs) And then also then leaving the church was probably one of the, like I would say maybe the biggest thing. Um, Yeah, just knowing that I spent so much of my time, money, energy, effort, talent, like all that shit on, like my resources really, um, everything who I was on something that I now deeply disagree with and not just, I think I, I respect it to a certain extent, um, but personally disagree with, you know, and just don't align with anymore. And that's a hard thing because it can feel like you've wasted time. And I think that's a really scary feeling as a human to feel like you've wasted a season or you've, you would have made different decisions. And that's, that can be very daunting. Um, but I, I think I've come to terms with it, though. And that's the thing is, you know, the question is, how, do th- how does things you've had to come to terms with? And I have come to terms with them. And, um, again, I'm so grateful for where I'm at and, and don't think that I would change anything, really, you know? I'm sure there's moments I would change that maybe wouldn't have affected everything, but I'm a big butterfly effect type of person, you know? Next question. Someone said, biggest red flags for a girl. Ooh, Okay, I'm just going to say this as in for any gender because I, I, would, I would never answer this question to be honest if I didn't answer all them today. Um, biggest red flags for anybody is someone who's not willing to communicate, someone who isn't um, emotionally available and mature enough to be able to do that and that might not be of their fault or that might be a journey that they're on but that is not worth trying to create a relationship with someone like that and we're talking red flags so this is like I would reckon like earlier in the relationship right surely um I would say someone who is not trustworthy if you get some even if it's not something that they've done but you get some sort of gut feeling that you cannot trust them or that there's something wrong there trust that gut feeling I think that's a just something you need to listen to a lot earlier than a lot of people do. And obviously that includes someone who makes you feel safe and respected and you feel like safe with. I think that's really, really important, obviously, but I just want to include that that's really important. Um, And I would say lastly, someone who makes you like not as good of, like not a better person. Like I think when you are planning to commit time to anybody, even if it's a friend, that person should make you a better person. And that might mean that you have a really fun time with them and they leave you feeling like, you know, like you were entertained or you enjoyed it. That's great. You know, or someone who makes, like pushes you to be better or someone who would be honest when you're not doing the right thing or someone who would be there for you when you need it. Like someone who is able to do that for you, I think that's really, really important. And you might not find that in a lot of people, but it is worth trying to find people like that specifically because it's going to affect you so much. So if, Obviously, it's if it's the opposite, if you're around someone who is like negative or d- pulling you down or maybe distracting you or they have very s- not similar goals when it comes to how much they want to work on, where they want to go in life and blah, 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 blah. I think that can really stunt you and your growth. And I think that's really important to be aware of. All right. We're getting into some of the advice ones now specifically. It's kind of slowly become that. Someone said, how to feel confident in your decisions and yourself after leaving a high control religion? What a good question. Wow. I totally, I feel you. If you are feeling that right now, I have deeply, deeply felt this and wondered this and struggled with this. And I think at first, and I've said this on the podcast before, when I left the church, it felt like my whole foundation had been just rocked. Everything that I ever thought about anything was just fucked. So it was like my basis for how I would figure out anything was like, I'm just going to pray about it. I'm just going to like read the Bible or I'm going to whatever. I'm going to talk to someone who in my life who is godly. And it was just that's how I'm going to do this. That's how I'm going to figure it out. And now I had like no life resource. I had nothing, nothing to hold on to. I had no excuse. I had no, um, anchor, you know, and that was really hard. And I think it just took making one decision at a time. It literally took little moments of empowering myself over and over and over. And sometimes that looked like, me walking past a shop where they sold like crystals and stuff to do with energy and me be going thinking oh I want to go in there and I really want to buy a candle or I want to buy a crystal I want to buy something and then having this thought of no 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 that's bad that's the devil what if you get caught up with the devil what if you blah 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 blah, blah. and this is after I've left the church having these thoughts and having to take that moment and go, no, I don't align with that belief anymore and I'm going to go. And even though it's a silly thing, maybe to some people to walk into a store and buy a you know, a stone that has meaning to you and a lot of other people potentially. But in theory, that's how some people will see this is you're going to go buy this little thing, who cares? It's like a dollar, it's a whatever. In my mind, it was something, it was me overcoming a fear and it was me choosing to stand up against an old belief that was, kind of triggering me to feel a way that I didn't need to feel in that moment. And so making those choices over and over and over when someone would say, oh, I noticed you're not coming to church anymore, standing in front of them and saying, yeah, I've actually just decided that it doesn't align with me anymore. And being able to get the wording around it and having that first experience where you kind of don't know what to say to someone. So you say, oh yeah, I'm just not going right now. I've been really busy. And then finally being able to change that answer to honesty and doing that over and over and over for yourself you just get closer and closer to who you genuinely are and you stop trying to create this reality that makes everyone else comfortable. And I think the more I stood for myself and stopped trying to make other people comfortable and feel good about the choices they're making and just was honest about who I was and what I needed in that season and what I was going through, I just got so much more confident. And now I'm able to talk about these things even like publicly on social media. And I know people follow me who are still a part of that world. And that was really scary for me at first, but it was just, okay, well, I'm going to do this scary thing. And then you keep doing the scary things until you're able to be yourself. And that's, to me, what confidence comes from, is being able to be your 100% authentic self. All right, next question. Is it wrong to look at someone else if you're in a relationship? I think that that is a conversation to have with your partner. Um, I think that within relationships, you can determine whatever boundaries you are comfortable with. If that's, you can literally have sex with somebody or <laughs> you can talk to somebody or can flirt with somebody, or you can look at somebody or whatever, that is something to talk about with your partner. And it's actually really interesting. Sam and I had a conversation maybe about three months ago or something, maybe two months ago. And it was the first time that we had ever said out loud, like, I, n- I normally look at people and think things and then will feel maybe negatively because I feel like I'm not meant to be thinking those things. And it wasn't that we didn't know that. We both knew that. We both know the reality of that. And you're going to look at people. I think that's the reality of it. is you're going to look at people. You are committed to somebody, but you are not dead. You know what I mean? You are going to see people. You're going to be attracted to people. You're going to potentially even have emotions for people. It is completely up to you what you do with that situation. If you lean into it in a non-consensual way in the sense of your partner not consenting with how much you lean into that, then that's cheating, in my opinion. Like, And I mean, okay, you see someone that you think is attractive going and hitting on them. That, In my opinion, that's cheating if your partner is not aware and is not okay with that. Um, But it's important that you talk to your partner about that and you have these conversations and you are honest. Some people, unfortunately, will not be emotionally mature enough to admit that that's a very obvious reality. Some people will be like, what do you mean you look at other girls? What do you mean you look at other guys? What do you mean by that? You want to not be with me, blah, 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 blah. If you want to have that conversation, obviously have it, don't act like it's not a big deal because it can still feel like a really big deal to them. But... I think that's only going to grow more honesty and trust in your relationship. And those kind of conversations always, always grow so much more trust and um, just closeness in the relationship that I have with my partner, Sam. So I would would recommend having those conversations. Um, And then, I don't know, if part of you is like, oh, I'm feeling bad about this because I'm really looking at this person and it's been bothering me then definitely talk to your partner about it Um, because the last thing you want to do is do something that you regret because that's not going to be worth it for them, for you, for anybody in this situation. Make the right choice and be honest with them. That's it. That's what I think. Someone said, how do you know if you love someone? I think that's a really complicated question. I think love looks different for everybody. Um, I think it is not butterflies. I think it is not necessarily an emotion that you would feel physically. There's like attraction, there is infatuation, there is like crushing, there's being excited about someone, there is feeling a lot of emotional connection to someone, but none of those things necessarily mean that you love them. I think love in a very kind of boring way has a lot more to do with like trust and um, really like having a connection with somebody. And to me, like love is something that is more concrete and almost more long-term. It doesn't have to be, but at least in my experience, it is. Um, I think love is very complicated (laughs) and I wouldn't, I don't have a solid answer. I think it feels different for everybody. Um, But love is something that, is not butterflies, it's not emotions, it's not being overly excited or infatuated or thinking about someone all the time. To me, that's not love. That's, you know, that's infatuation or that's honeymoon era, (laughs) you know? Next question. What age should you move out from your parents? Oh, um, like there's not a good, a correct age. I think the older you get, the harder it is to live with your parents. I mean, I moved out when I was 18 because I moved to Australia. So that was a big move. That was a, that was a big one. Maybe don't do that. Uh That's a bit much. But um it, that was a big move. It, but it was also hard. I think it came with a lot of struggles because I was paying for rent and I like didn't have a real job and like would just... It was crazy, but my situation is very specific. Um, I think that you should appreciate living with your parents as long as you can because you always think it's going to be so cool to move out. And I think everyone's had this experience (laughs) if they move out young. You think it's going to be really cool and fun. And then you realize, like, how much stuff costs and how much you were getting before By living with your parents, and not not that they were like giving you you know money, but like just the way that you didn't realize that everything costs money. It sounds stupid, but like it is a lot. And I know that's just my experience, but it's a lot of work. You don't realize it's little things, and I'm I'm not saying just money. I mean, like I didn't realize how much my parents picked up after me, like. The way I left, like, a dirty cloth on, like, the bathroom floor, like, every night and somehow it magically disappeared every day was because my dad has OCD and is amazing and he would clean the house all the time and we would always joke about how that was the best thing in part about his OCD and he would joke about it too. And it was like, he was the best. Um, I didn't realize I had a secret little fairy made. I didn't know that until I found out that I'm a messy bitch and I hate doing dishes and I was spoiled and I'm very grateful. And if you are in any situation like that, even if it's just emotional support, take advantage of it for as long as you can. Because if they love you and they want you in their space, you are going to wish, you're going to wish you cherished it more. I wish I did because now every time I go home, it is like paradise, paradise compared to the the society I'm living in out here. Okay. This climate that I'm living in, it's horrible. Uh, so appreciate it is all I'm going to say and move out when you're ready. And when you feel like you're ready to do it and you're financially ready to do it and don't, you know, try not to put yourself in a shit financial situation just to get out of your house unless you absolutely have to, because you have your whole life for that. All right. Next question, how do I convince my boyfriend to let me hook up with a woman? Mm, interesting, interesting way to word that. Uh, never got to have the experience okay I'm gonna say first of all convince is probably not a good way to look at it Uh, I think that's a little bit um, manipulative maybe and you probably didn't mean it that way that's fine I'm not judging you I'm just saying I, I get it but also let's be careful here because you want to have a conversation with your boyfriend where you're gonna express to him that you haven't had an opportunity to express a part of your sexuality and that that goes deeper than just wishing you could have sex with other people or Or whatever with other people relationship or whatever that is. Again, you need to talk to your partner about it. Um, because you should not try to convince him. You should want him to genuinely want you to have that experience because I will say that I have been blessed enough to have a partner that is, has said that to me. Um, you know, and not saying anything past that point, but I have had a partner who has said, you know, if that was something you wanted to explore, I would be okay with that or there would be an openness towards that or that could be a possibility in the future. This was a conversation we've had ages ago. Um, But it was a really cool conversation for me because it made me feel like, wow, that's really nice to know. um, And that's really validating towards my sexuality. And I had that support. But not everyone is going to be like that. Not everyone is going to be able to be okay with that. Um, And... I think it's really important that you are aware that you don't, they don't owe that to you. If this person is asking you for monogamy, if this person is asking you for an exclusive relationship, I don't think that your sexuality is a weapon that you should use against them to convince them of anything. And again, not saying that you are doing this, but I'm saying anyone in the situation, um, I think it's really important that you both would want that and you both would be very comfortable with that because. If for whatever reason, they did agree and they weren't okay with it, it would backfire so bad. It would be so bad on your relationship and it wouldn't be okay. It wouldn't last. There would be so much resentment and just so many issues. So don't look at it that way. Um, You should definitely look for a consensual situation where they're comfortable with non-monogamy and you talk about the boundaries around that. And there are many resources that you can go to to learn about non-monogamy and doing that in a way um, that is ethical and educated. And if you're going to do that, do it in that way. And you can literally look up non-monogamy on Spotify, listen to a podcast episode on it, or look at a, look up an article or read a book or just do your, do your research, you know, and do it properly. That's all I'm going to say. All right, next question. Do you believe that family is a choice and not blood related? Ooh, this is kind of, I don't know why my brain went to this, but I'm reading a book right now called, um, it, what's it called? It's like, It Doesn't Start With You, I think. Um, And it's about generational trauma, which there are a lot of scientific studies to prove how generational trauma is a thing. Um, And we could talk about the whole nature versus nurture situation and get into it like full on as a topic, which I might do in one day as an episode because I find this topic very interesting. But... I will say, I think your family, your actual blood-related family, I think there is a lot of importance to it if you are able to have those relationships because I know what it's provided for me in my life and I know the ties and the ways that your family is going to deeply understand you potentially if you have that relationship. And I think that is worth sustaining. And I think a lot of people go through a thing, at least I did, Or when I first moved away where I was like, these are all the things that my parents did wrong. I need to blame my parents for all these things. This is the reason why I'm fucked up about this thing and this thing. And a lot of people go through this where they put all this blame on their parents and then they go through it and they start to understand what it would actually be like to be your parent what it's actually like to have raised you in the situation that they raised you in and the things that they dealt with growing up and how far they've come. And I learned to have so much empathy after going through this with my parents and to the point that I had, quite a bit of a broken relationship with them, to be quite honest, living in Australia and really didn't talk to them for like quite a while. And I had to go through that whole season and ended up kind of realizing how judgmental I was towards them and how much I was lacking empathy and went through that whole journey. And now I'm so happy that I prioritized that. Um, My family, my relationships, you know, the people who are blood related to me. But of course, of course, you choose your tribe You know, you choose your community and at the end of the day, if you don't have a great relationship with your family and it's not anything that you can resolve or work on, then absolutely you choose your family and absolutely you get to choose your community and there is nothing less valuable about somebody who you've had in your life for a long time who means so the world to you that just happens to not be blood related to you um and someone who maybe is not as great but just happens to be blood related like I obviously I see that that is so important and so valid and yes you choose you really do choose you choose who you spend time with and you choose your priorities I think All right, next question. They said (laughs) health-based. Does masturbation slash orgasms improve your overall health? Yes, it absolutely does. Um, I've talked about this quite a few times. I made an episode a while back. I think it's called like, all about orgasms or something like that. Something, something, orgasms. If you look up, she said what, orgasms, then I'm sure you're going to find it. Um, but I made an episode talking about this because there are so many highlights for your mental health, for your physical health. Um, for vulva owners, your period becomes more regulated. Um, your cortisol levels drop, which cortisol is a hormone. And so it has to do with hormone balance, which obviously if you have <laughs> raging hormones like me, then you're going to understand that that's a big deal, that hormones really do affect so much with your mental health and your body and literally everything, your whole body, every single thing. Um, And so, yes, absolutely. And it really can help your relationship with yourself, your self-confidence, your body awareness, your like relationship with shame and pleasure and all those things that can be a journey for a lot of people. It is a beautiful, important practice that I would recommend for everybody and I think it's so cool that people talk about it more now and it's becoming more normalized. I actually talked about my uh, about this with my friend today. They're talking about how in Sephora you can buy like vibrators now and there's a Australian brand called Cotton On that's like quite big and they just did a collaboration with Vush which is a like sex toy company that I've worked with quite a bit. I love Vush. They're, they're so good. All of their branding stuff is amazing. All their imaging stuff, the way they educate on social media and normalize on social media and the products they sell, like everything. I, I love bush. And if you follow my TikTok or anything, you would know that because I talk about bush all the time. So I would so, so recommend implementing this into your life if you don't already. And especially if you feel like a discomfort around it, like, oh, I feel like I'm not supposed to do that. Ask yourself why you're not meant to do that. Ask yourself where that messaging comes from and get educated. Go listen to my little episode on it because it will... Hopefully, I've been told that that episode has helped a lot of people move forward with this part of their life. So, you know, do what you need. Read a book, do something, learn about it because it's worth it and it's so, so good for you. All right. How to start working in sex ed? Um, the, well, I mean, I'm not really the best person to ask about this. I started talking about sex on social media because I needed people. I needed these things when I was younger. I am not, I've done a lot of research. (laughs) I've spent a lot of time on this topic. I've read a lot of books on this topic because I love the topic and I'm passionate about it, but I'm not like asex certified. Um, and I'm not at a place quite yet to be like, I am the the mo- the best person to speak on this because I'm not and I'm aware of that. Um, I just do it in the way that I do it and for some reason people grasp onto it and like it and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but if you want to work in sex ed in the sense of Becoming like a sex therapist or a sex coach or whatever. Um, There's a lot of different ways. There's a company called, what's it called? Sexual Health Alliance. And I've learned a bit through them and potentially was even going to do some schooling through them. Um, But a lot of the time you'd have to have like a degree of some sort and then you'd have to specialize in sexology or specialize in like sex education, which would be the route that I would go. But yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot, um, there's a lot of different routes to get there. Um, but I would say just make sure you really are passionate about the topic and you're committed to making sure that you're not spreading misinformation and you are committed to, all of the guilt and shame and trauma and things that are going to come up along the way and the way that you're going to be able to support people and make sure that you are very passionate about this topic because it's not an easy thing necessarily to work in. Um, And again, I am saying that from my perspective, I I don't have the perspective of being an actual like sex therapist and I can only imagine the weight of that. So I'm not speaking for those people. They are incredible. And I would love to be that one day and work towards that one day. Um, you know, if that's kind of where I wanted to go with it, but, um, yeah, yeah. Go look into it for sure. If you're passionate about it, get into it. All right. We have a few more questions. Someone said, discovered I am bi after being in a long-term relationship with a man. How do I approach the conversation of wanting to explore with women, but not wanting to break up or anything? Wow. Okay. I've already answered this question. I didn't even realize that someone had asked this twice. So, What I'm going to say to this is whoever's going through this, you are not alone. Okay? You're not alone. And like I said earlier, have the conversation with your partner. You will not regret it. Um, And even if they say, no, this is crazy, have a big fight, whatever, you still won't regret it down the road because you are being honest with yourself and you are making the right choice by choosing honesty. So have that conversation all right, beautiful people. How are we tracking? A few more questions. Do you think it is okay to be friends with an ex? I think so. Yeah. I think if you have a good relationship with them, I would say that most of the time, it's not the best idea because I just haven't seen it work out for me or really anyone that I can think of. I don't know many people who have good relationships with their ex unless they're genuine was like, There genuinely was like a, we've both fallen out of love and we've just ended peacefully, which is not really a super common story. So... Unless you're in that situation, great. If not, probably not. Um, And some of that has to do with it being out of respect for your partner, but that's also a conversation for you to have with them. So I'm not going to say flat out no, but also I don't really say working out as much or that often. (laughs) Okay. What do I do if my butt plug gets stuck? Whoa, this one hit me. That one hit me like a wall. That one, okay. So... First of all, you should be using a flared end toy always if you're ever inserting it anally and then that won't happen. That is the biggest um, like thing that you need to know about any toys when it comes to anal play. Please go listen to my last episode on sex toys. <laughs> Please. I feel like this is going to help you and I feel like you're going to learn some things. So do that because, um, yeah, definitely just use a flared edge. That's all I'm going to say about that one. Um, if it gets stuck as in like it's not stuck up there, but it's just stuck in general, Um, then try to not freak out and relax because if you freak out, you're going to tighten all of the muscles in that area and it's going to be very painful. Don't do any ripping situation. And if you're doing this as someone who hasn't done this before, please just start small. (laughs) Don't start with something like big and scary. If it's big and scary to you, um, start small and work your way up. Okay. Next question. Please give me some pickup lines that always work. Who do you think I am? Do you think I have Riz? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't approach people ever, ever. I never have. I just wouldn't. I just, I am not in like a, because men can approach me or because women can approach me. More in just the sense of like, I just... I have never been confident to and so I don't um which well unless unless I'm like really interested in someone and in that sense genuine answer is is not a pickup line but just being in their space and making subtle cues that you are definitely interested in them like eye contact and speaking intimately with them or even some physical touch things like that and like cue to them that you're interested i think that would be sexier any day than like someone who's like i don't know using a pickup line it's not really my vibe not really my vibe and i don't think that's ever worked on me so I'm going to go with don't use pickup lines. That's my answer to that one. Okay, advice for breaking up with a friend. Oh, I did this a couple months ago. I feel great about it. Okay, okay, girl. Okay, live your best life. <laughs> She's recently been contacting me about rekindling our friendship. Right, okay, okay. So you want advice for breaking up with them because you kind of already did this, but then they want to hang out again, and you're like, babes. We're not besties anymore. Fuck, that's hard. Oh. Well, if you don't want to have that relationship, you can't force yourself to. And you wouldn't be doing them a favor by forcing yourself to have a relationship with them. I think that would be the wrong choice. But it is really hard. I just think you have to be honest. Look at guys. I look, I'm look. i always just going to say be honest and do the, do the right thing because even if it's the hard thing to do or it's potentially more hurtful for them... It's important to be clear and honest and not that, you just, not that you owe it to them. I don't know your relationship with them. If you have a long relationship with them, then you know maybe you do owe it to them to be honest. But I just also think you should be honest in general. And if you really just think it's going to cause a big drama and a whole fight, then there are ways to casually kind of subtly tell someone that you're not interested in pursuing that relationship. And that can be small things like, you know, kind of palming it off a little bit or being like, oh, I've been, you know, a bit busy or kind of doing that a little bit. I get that that's a bit more normal and like maybe do that first. I don't think you should just straight out be like, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. I don't think that's, that you know, that's a bit too honest. I think you should be gracious (laughs) and kind about it. But being honest, I think is the best option. And that can be in small ways. You don't have to go on and tell them all the things you don't like about them as a friend. I think you should just do it in a way that is just subtle and then if they are really like well why don't you want to be friends and they invite that conversation then be honest with them and be specific but potentially just kind of ease into it because if you can leave that without there being like a bridge burnt I think that's the best the best option I'm sorry you're going through that that's really difficult All right, is this my last question? Oh my God. How do I tell my coworker I might love them? Oh no, oh no. Oh, I don't know. Do you think you should? I mean, you can if you want to pursue a relationship with them. I don't think you should just like chaotically tell them if you don't want anything though or like... I don't know. I think if that's potentially a relationship that you are like, you should keep under wraps for any reason, maybe like professionally or especially if you are above them in the sense of within the company, that's like a kind of a consent thing and like an issue where you should be a bit careful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, unless you feel like you should, and you want to pursue something, then like, then maybe you should be honest, but we shouldn't always be honest if it's potentially going to put someone else at risk or make them uncomfortable or anything like that. So please just do this mindfully if you're going to do it. And then how to do it. I don't know. I don't know. That's up to you, babes. If you want to profess it, then I love that for you. But if you also just want to be a bit more chill, then maybe then don't freak them out in case you have to see them. like the next day at work. I don't know. I will say that it's very common to have like a work crush. Like I feel like my whole life I've always had like a work boyfriend and it's been like a joke or like a work girlfriend. Like that's always been a thing. Um, And it's fine. Like I think it's okay to have like little crushes and stuff. I don't think that's like a bad thing. But I will say that I'm very grateful that I never, ever told any of these people that I would think about them that way. I just... Anytime that anything even got remotely close to that, it always just made work so anxiety-inducing like and I'd always have to care what I looked like and it was always like, oh, like, are they working? Are they on? Checking the schedule and shit. Oh my God. Like, it's just a lot of pressure and so make that choice wisely, please. (laughs) That is is all the questions, guys. Thank you so much for asking. If you guys uh, liked today's episode, please let me know if you thought anything was interesting or you have any, like, questions about anything. Not that you would. This is kind of not that kind of question or not that kind of episode. But if you ask one of these questions and you want to talk about it further with, like, just me, please reach out to me. I answer all my uh, Instagram DMs eventually. Sometimes it takes me a little bit, but that's okay. I answer all of them, and I'm so happy to talk to all you guys about um, the stuff that you're going through. I'm like, that's, for me... That is the most important thing. That is what I'm here to do. That's what I love is connecting with people and and really understanding what's going on in your lives. And like, it gives me context and it helps me to understand people more and to connect with people. And I just love it. I love it. I love it. It's my favorite thing about what I get to do on social media. So thank you so much for sending in those questions. If you sent in a question or wanted some advice, hopefully I gave you good advice. I don't know why I would be qualified to do so, but I do love that you, uh, Trust me, so thank you. And um, share this episode if you liked it. Uh, If you want to follow me on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, it's Alyssa Taylor Harper, which I'll link below for you so you can put a face to the name. And if you want to join the Facebook group, the Facebook group is so cute and so fun. We have a little group of us on there. It's like just over 100 of us, I think. So it's quite a small little community and it's so sweet. And we just talk on there about the book club that I'm running right now for In the Flow by Alyssa VT, which is an amazing book that you need to read. Um, If you aren't in the book club, get with it. Oh my God, why aren't you in the book club? What do you mean? And yeah, join the Facebook group, have a chat, meet some people, and that's great. And I love that for you. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Love you. See ya.